But Isaiah chapter 61, and we're going to look at verse 7. Isaiah 61, verse 7, says, For your shame you shall have double. And for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. And everlasting joy shall be unto them. See, instead of your former shame, you are going to have a twofold recompense. The word recompense means compensation. Whatever you have been through, I believe the head of the church is saying unto you that if you will get it right and live right and walk in the light, that you are in position to receive the double. We could say double for your trouble. Some of you have been through hell. Some of you have been through high waters. Some of you have been through many multiple storms. But the Lord said, because you have been faithful and you have not cast away your confidence and because you have not griped, because you have not complained, I am going to bring increase into your life and I'm going to cause your shame to be a thing of the past and you are going to increase and you're going to have double. Double! Hallelujah. Therefore in their land they shall possess double what they had forfeited. And everlasting joy shall be theirs. Many of you have forfeited some things, but thus saith the Holy Ghost, it's time for your life to be restored. It's time for everything and anything the enemy has stolen from you to be restored. And you will not get fooled again. You will not, praise God, ever be ashamed. For the Lord has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the Lord is saying double. The Lord is saying twofold. Now in order to have the double, we must press for the double. See, what I shared earlier about increase, those are just words unless it drops into the hearts of men and women in this church. It's one thing for a pastor and a pastoral staff to have strong vision and believe in God for the double. But everyone in the church needs to unify themselves in the spirit of faith and the spirit of unity. And when we do, there will be nothing withheld from us. Everyone say double. What do you mean double? I mean double the souls. I mean double the attendance. I mean double the strength for your life. Double the wisdom. Glory to God. Double. Glory to God financially. God's going to double up. But you got to have faith for it. Double the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Double the revelation knowledge that you've ever received before. I like it. Double. We are in the double flow. We are in the double river. I said we're in the double river. In order for there to be double, it's going to take faith. It's going to take everyone doing their part. Now for you individually, you must first of all define what double means to you. What is it that you desire to have increase in your life on? We've been talking about vision the last couple of weeks. 
And the Bible says we're to write the vision. And we are to make it plain. I exhort you to write your goals down. I exhort you to write out what God has written on the table of your heart. And if you don't have a vision, I'm going to say this. Vision does not come from the head. Vision is not in the head. But vision is in the heart. And God will drop that vision into your spirit. Write the vision. What does double mean to you? Double. Not double trouble. Not double trials. But double blessing. And then secondly, we must all dream double. What do you mean dream double? We've got to see us possessing the double. How many of you know that there are giants in double land? The giants are not just going to roll over and play dead just because you rise up with the spirit of faith. Amen. But I'm telling you, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. We must dream double. See double. Nothing happens on the outside until we can first see it on the inside. Your marriage will never be all that God desires it for to be unless you see it that way. And unless you start acting on the principles in God's word concerning your marriage. For example, husband, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That is a lot right there. And then wives, reverence the man of God. Honor him. Amen. Amen. Men like to be honored. In addition to enjoying the physical relationship of marital bliss. Thus being interpreted sex. Men enjoy being honored. Women enjoy affectionate touches. Women enjoy conversation. Most men live their lives like this. Anybody here today? We're going to watch the Super Bowl and at halftime, we're going to have marital bliss. How many of you know that don't work? Women like to talk. They like to give you all the details that, quite frankly, men just do not want to hear. But if you're a smart man, and if you're a good husband, you will show affection. You will show love. You will be romantic. Amen? If you desire double marital blessing on your life. There must be an application of the Word of God. Loving your wife is Christ loves the church. So, define double and see double. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. If you can... See the invisible, the things that are not yet. You can do the impossible. The impossible which man says, there is no way. 
the impossible which your doctors, your lawyers, some of your school teachers growing up says, there is no help for you in God. But I hear the psalmist saying, but thou, O Lord, you are a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. Amen. See, you got to see yourself seizing, possessing the double in double land. And if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Because all things are possible to him that believeth. If you can see, hallelujah, your marriage being strong, you can have a strong marriage. If you can see a plot of land turning into a building of 36,000 square foot on Main Street, you can do the impossible. If you can see your mortgage being paid off by the grace of Almighty God, you can do the impossible. But it's got to be seen on the inside. It's got to be nurtured on the inside. Whatever the devil tells you is impossible, the exact opposite is true. There are no impossibilities with him. And all things are possible to him that believeth. Now you're going to notice throughout this message today that woven through the fabric of the word of God is the spirit of faith. The things that I'm saying to you require our confidence. They require our application. They require us showing up when we don't feel like showing up. They require us praising him in the midnight hour when we'd rather put the sheet over our heads. I know what I'm talking about. Many have been the day where I felt like just putting the sheet over my head. But I remember what David said. He's my glory. And he is the God who lifts us up from among death-filled situations. Amen. Say it with me. I am seeing the invisible and I'm doing the impossible. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he says, don't look at the things which are seen. Because the things which are seen... Hey, they're subject to change. But what I want you to do is look at the unseen realm. The unseen realm is those things that are not subject to change. The word of the Lord is not subject to change. He said, because the things which are seen, they're temporary. They're just subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. I submit to you today that if you will live your lives on the principles of the eternal word of the living God, sooner or later, that which is seen is going to change. There are some things that are about to turn. There are some things that are about to change. Amen. Glory to God. Now notice with me in Joshua 6 verse 1 and 2. I want you to turn there this morning. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Stop seeing yourself living from paycheck to paycheck. Start declaring your future is bright. In Jericho 6 verse 1 and 2 it says this. Uh, Joshua 6 1 and 2. That would be false doctrine. Jericho. Thank you. Joshua 6 1 and 2. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. Nobody went out. Nobody came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, this is what I want you to get. See, I have given 
into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. So what the Lord is saying, you've got to see it first. Yes, there will come a time where you'll march around the city seven times, and you will actually seize it. But what God is saying to Joshua, here's what I want you to see. This is what you must have a vision of. That Jericho is now yours. We need to realize that healing and increase are already ours. Your debt freedom is already a reality in the mind and in the heart of God. It first must be seen and then it must be seized. In other words... With the spirit of faith and with the spirit that takes, we go out and we possess our double. We go out and we possess our increase. The question I have for you this morning is, what are you seeing? What are you saying? And what are you seizing? What are you seeing? What are you saying? And what are you seizing? We must see the double. See yourself possessing the double. See yourself possessing double strength, double understanding, double revelation. Go to bed with a smile on your face. Why? Because you got some inside information. You have it down here on the inside before it ever manifests on the outside. And you're not moved by the outside because you know, glory to God, what you got going on the inside. And you know it ain't very long before what's on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. But you're not waiting until you get to the outside to start praising Him and thanking Him. No, you're praising Him for what you got on the inside. You're calling the things that be not as though they were. You're declaring double when it looks like decrease. You're declaring increase. In the midst of recession. Because you know what you got on the inside. And it ain't going to be long before what you see on the outside changes. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But it is according to the power or the faith that's working in us. What are you seeing? What are you saying? What are you seizing? And then we need to understand this. Then not only must we uh, see the double and define the double, but we must say it. We must declare double. Everyone say three times, double. 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 The master said this. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. He said, whoever should say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, I'm a whosoever, and I'm having whatsoever I say. Now, we serve a God that calls those things that be not as though they were, until they are. He called Abraham the father of many nations before he ever, ever went into Sarah, amen, and had... Uh, what was his son's name? Isaac. Now listen to this. Think about it now. God calls those things that be not as though they were until they are. We are to be imitators of who? As dear children. In other words... If God calls those things which be not as though they were until they are, 
it must not be wrong for me as his child to do the same thing. If I'm going to imitate him, I need to call for strength where there's weakness. I need to declare double where there's decrease. Now, you don't call those things which be not as though they were until they are that don't line up with the will of God. I mean, you can stand on Hesperian Boulevard all day and say, I believe I received 10 million oil wells. You ain't there. When God calls for something in the spirit realm, not yet seen in the natural realm, the word call, now listen very carefully, the word call takes on the meaning of a summons. If you're writing down notes today, the word call means a summons. Now, a summons is an authoritative call or a notice to appear at a specified place as for a particular purpose or duty. Now, in the court of law, someone may be summoned. He may be called. She may be called to appear in court. And once a summons has been issued, if you do not obey, you could be legally penalized. And when God calls for something, a summons has been released. And the thing that God has called and the thing that God has summoned for must appear in the natural realm. And whatever God has put in your heart, you must call for it. Start calling for those financial finances. Start calling for health. How about this? Call for that family member to be saved. Instead of walking around saying, well, old Joe, he'll never be saved. There ain't no hope for Joe in God. Not talking about Joe Mayorga. Um, You know, my son, my daughter, my daughter's a prostitute. There's no help for her. Get that out of your mouth. Get that out of your thinking. If you see her as a prostitute for the rest of her life, what hope does she have? It requires, dear friends, faith and authority and a rising up of prayer and intercession and calling for your family members to be saved. Every person in here has people in their lives that are unsaved. We need to break the power of demonic forces over their lives. You know, it is not God that blinds the minds of the unbeliever. It is the devil. But you and I have authority over the devil. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I'll tell you what you do. Take authority over those demonic influences that are holding your sons, your daughters, your in-laws, your mothers, your fathers, your grandfathers, and your grandmothers back. Release them from that spirit. Somebody says, I don't know if I can do that. You can do it. Because you have authority within your family. I said, you've got authority within your family. And when you break 
the power of demonic forces over their lives. Then the next thing you do is you pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth the labor. That he would send forth the labor into the harvest to tell your brother about Jesus. To tell your mother about Jesus. To tell your grandfather about Jesus. And if you do that in faith, you just mark it down. It won't be long before that person is making a commitment to Jesus Christ. See, you and I have more authority than we realize. You cannot make a person get saved. You cannot make a person get filled with the Holy Spirit. But you can do your level best to take dominion and authority over those things that are holding them back. I think about Brenda's sister, our brother, uh, Ricky, who's a, a revivalist, holding revivals in California and Texas and all over the place. You're talking about a Holy Ghost and fire, real prophet of God, a man of God. Well, he wasn't always that way. He was a dip guy and Coors guy, cowboy guy, rodeo boy, not living for the Lord. But they took their place. They took their dominion. And now he stands, glory to God, in the office of a prophet. Amen. He stands in an office, praise God, that he would not stand in unless, glory to God, there was some dominion taken. I wonder, is there anything in our lives or about our lives or the ones around us that need prayer? Amen. You know, and it's not just, oh God, do something, do something, do something. You're going to hear the Lord say, I've already done something. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to do something. I want you to bind it. I want you to loose heaven's resources on their way. Glory to God. So begin to declare the double. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mouth. Say it. Say it. Seize it. Act upon it. And it will come to pass in your life. Everyone say, I make a double declaration this day. And we've already taught about this for quite a while. So we're not going to teach on it this morning. But the next step is to expect double. The word expectation carries with it this thought. Remember Paul when he was in prison? He says, I know that the situation I'm involved in, it's going to turn. Because you're bringing a supply of the Spirit. You're bringing a supply of prayer. You're bringing a supply of the Spirit that is going to cause this situation that I'm involved in to turn around. That's a powerful truth. But notice what he said. He said, it is in accordance to... Or it is after, according to my earnest expectation. In other words, Paul wasn't just there in prison expecting to be a prisoner for the rest of his life. Paul was not down in the mully grubs complaining and whining and thinking, well, is this what I get for serving the Lord? No, Paul said, I know I got people praying for me. I know I got people on my side. I know that they've brought their supply of the Spirit, and along with my supply and their supply and faith-filled words, I have an earnest expectation. What does that word expectation mean? It means I have an earnest, heartfelt, white, intense hope that these things will turn around. And it carries with it the thought, I have an outstretched neck. 
In other words, I am so expecting, praise God, I am so in faith by my declaration of double, I have come to a place of an earnest, heartfelt expectation. What is your expectation? Your expectation must be of Him. So begin to expect the double. And then in the area of finances, if you want to see the double in your life, you got to distribute double. What do you mean distribute double? Sow for double. See, the Bible says in Galatians, it says, Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. In 2 Corinthians, it says, For you know, he says, you know that whatever you sow is going to come back to you in abundance. In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, it says, well, let's look over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Everyone say double. I know some of you have been experiencing some difficult times, but you know what? Glory to God, difficult times don't last. Give God something to work with. Give Him your expectation. Give Him your confidence that this too shall turn. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty might be what? Amen. See, a lot of people don't even like to say the word rich. Because they thought, you know, it's a sin to be rich. No, it's not a sin to be rich. I said it's not a sin to be rich. It's not a sin to be poor. Understand this, that money is amoral. What does that mean? Money is amoral means money is neither good or bad. Money becomes bad when a person places their trust and their delight in the accumulation of things. It isn't money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of it. And really, there are people that don't have a nickel to their name that are guilty of that sin. Now, listen to what he says. He says, charge them that are high-minded. Amen? That they trust not in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Realize that the word rich does not necessarily mean everyone's going to be a millionaire. But the word rich means that God will give you an abundant supply. What does that mean? An abundant supply. All your needs are met in abundance and you have more than enough to give to other charitable places. As a matter of fact, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Distribute, begin to sow for the double. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, and God is able. Is God able? Is He willing? God's able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency may what? May abound to every good work. And in verse 6 it says, He which soweth sparingly, how is he going to reap? But he that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And so then begin to distribute for the double. And this next one, some of you aren't familiar with, but I'm going to say it anyway. The next thing you can do is get happy. I said, get happy. Pastor Brenda's going to preach a great message tonight on the joy of the Lord. We're happy now, but we're about to get happier. Now, one way, but not the only way. 
that we can express our joy is we can express our joy through praise. Ah, there's been times where I've gotten so full of joy that I laughed uncontrollably. Laughing in the spirit. But there's also a real dance in the spirit. I'm not talking about, you know, doing the polka in church and, you know, doing stuff that, you know, is of the flesh. But I tell you, when the spirit gets to move and move with him. If the spirit of God wants you to dance and you never danced before, just dance. Yeah, but I couldn't dance at the sock hops in high school. I, you know, I was a wallflower. I'd stayed near the walls. I couldn't do any dance. Well, listen, folks, it doesn't matter how you look when you dance. Because you're not dancing unto us anyway. You're dancing unto the Lord. And God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I encourage you to jump into the river. There's a river flowing at heart of the bay. It's a river of faith. It's a river of joy. It's a river of double. Glory to God. One person said, you know, when finances got real tough, he'd just go into the privacy of his own bedroom and he'd start dancing in the Holy Ghost. Amen. He'd just start dancing. Hallelujah. He'd just start dancing before the Lord. What was he doing? He said, I'm dancing the money in. I'd rather do that and look like a fool than go into my bedroom and close all the things off and get depressed. No, God's not a God of depression. God is a God of joy. I'm encouraging you to get happy in your walk with God. And then, last but not least, I want to encourage you today to jump in and get in to the double river. Get into the move of God. Look with me at Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. I'd rather be happy than bummed out any day in my life. You know, the Bible says that he that keepeth his mouth will keep his soul from troubles. You've probably discovered by now that if you lend your voice and your words to negativity, all of a sudden, the atmosphere around you becomes negative. Your vision dwindles. Come on. Your vision dwindles. And all of a sudden, it's just like everything looks dark. But on the other hand, if you walk in the light and speak in the light and declare light when it looks dark, it'll help you increasingly. It will help you beyond measure if you will just maintain a very positive attitude of faith. Maintain a spirit of excellence and a spirit of faith throughout your whole life. In Ezekiel chapter 47, let's look at that. Say with me, I'm going to jump in to the double river. We're moving onward. We're moving forward. Now notice with me in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1. It says, Afterward he brought me again under the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward. And led me about the way, and without unto the water gate, and by the way that looketh east, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Everyone say waters. waters. And when the man that had 
the line in his hand, went forth eastward. He measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Glory. And again, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through, and the waters were to what? Do you see an increase here? Water is a type of the Holy Spirit. And afterward, verse 5, he measured a thousand, and it was a river. It was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen. We could say it like this. There was an increase. There was a deluge, if you would, of the moving of the Spirit. There was an increase around him. And we see here, it was a river that I couldn't pass over. The waters were risen. Friends, in the realm of the Spirit, the waters are rising. He is the King of the flood. And you mark my words. Before He comes, the final sweep is going to be greater than all former sweeps together. I believe this with all of my heart, that with God's help, that nations will turn to Him in a day. But we're going to need help. It's not good preaching. It's not good sermons that's going to do it. We need a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? This is a training ground right here. This is a place where we prepare for even greater things. And he said now, it was a river I couldn't pass over, verse 5, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in. A river that couldn't be passed over. And verse 6, and he said unto me, son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return of the bank of the river. Verse 7. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were many trees on the one side and on the other. And then he said to me, these waters issue out toward the east country. And they go down into the desert or dry places. And they go into the sea, which is being brought forth under the sea. The waters shall be healed. Now read verse 9 with me. And it shall come to pass. That everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. (laughs) Because these waters shall come hither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live wherever the river cometh. The spiritual significance is this. There's a river of life flowing out of you individually. But you bring your river and all of us are flowing in the river of life. The river of joy. The river of health. The river of blessing. And everything that comes into contact with that river is going to live. The sick will be made whole. Amen. The downtrodden shall be lifted. The broken in heart shall be released. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? I want you to look at verse 9 from the Amplified. See, we're in a move of God. And we're going to experience double. Double souls. Double healings. Double signs. Double wonders. We're about to break out on the 
right hand and on the left. And as far as money is concerned, I'm declaring that money is moving. Money is shaking. And strongholds are breaking. But it ain't about money. But money is a byproduct of those that will get in the river. And the blessings of the Lord shall come upon us. Amplified and we're closing. It says, and wherever the double, wherever the double river shall go. See that? Wherever the double river shall go, every living creature which swarms shall live. And there shall be a great number of what? Fish represents mankind and souls. Jesus said, come unto me and I will make you a fisher of men. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Because the waters go there. That the waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh. And everything shall live. Whithersoever the river flows. Everything shall live. Whithersoever the river flows. Everything shall live. Wherever the river flows. Let's be one of those great rivers in the Bay Area. That attends to the move of God. That doesn't draw back from a move of the Holy Spirit. Let's be those men and women who will contend for the hearts and the souls of men and women. And we'll declare that everything we come in contact with is going to be influenced by the light, the life, and the love of God. I prophesy to your life individually, increase. I declare over your life individually, the double. I prophesy over your life, your loved ones to come into the kingdom of God. And as I look forward to the next 28 years of Heart of the Bay Christian Center, I am seeing that our future is so very bright. I'm telling you, in 28 years, I probably, most likely, will not be the pastor. But you know what? The ministry will go on. And reaching the lost. And healing the hurting. And maturing the believer shall be accomplished as long as we begin to stay in the river. Amen. Stay in the river. Stay in the flow. I realize that this is a very challenging message for you on this July or June 27th, whatever it may be. I realize that there's other things to do than to be in church. But you know what? You are better because you heard this message today. You are better. And you may not realize the impact and the glorious increase as a result of hearing this and doing this. But I say by the head of the church, you do this word and you will prosper in your way. Amen. Let's get lift up our hands and thank him for the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord.